Gentlemen, start your engine. Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, Radio Hotler. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry about the uh, um, technical goodies. Radio Hotler. Hot, 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 hot. Oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. With stuff. With stuff. Both with stuff. They've both got car. Yeah, they've both got stuff. Yeah, yeah, true. They've both got All I've got is an exhaust but system and a cold air intake and a... But what's, what, what sort of restraint factor do you think we're going to have with some of these? You know, like, I, I'm most worried about... Tom. Yes. Yeah, I know. Well, so am I. But, you know, because he's being an idiot. Well, what well, he won't be an idiot, but he'll just press on very hard. And, and I don't think that's the whole idea of it. I it think it's not. It's, it's not a ten tenths. It's a seven tenths or an eight tenths. If we want to do that, we can go and to just race. a nice drive. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but it, I think it should be a nice afternoon. <laughs> the he who says munching a bloody awful cheese and onion cheddar cheese. What have you done that packet? Chat. It's behind the computer where you left it. After I'd neatly put it in the how bin. Did you, how did you end up buying those things? What? Did it lich? Reminds me of the days of back in Power On, where you used to be Mondays with sausage roll days, Tuesdays with breakfast. <coughs> yeah, well, you know. And all that stuff. That's all in the past now. What? <laughs> Vintage cheddar and red onion. Of course it's in the See? past, because you are in the past. Ah. <sighs> So well, JP, we didn't do a show last week because we didn't. Um, well, mate, you were under the weather and so was I. I know, I was very crook. In fact, everybody was as sick as a, as a, as a I DAG. I think you brought the loogie back from the US personally and then you gave it to me when we did the show last week. Oh, do you really last. think that's the case? No, it's a lot of our bad. Oh, it was pretty nasty. It's still not gone. No, no, I'm still snotty. Yeah, a week later. Oh, so, well, anyway. Let's not but overall, up. not too bad. Now, what episode are we up to? 180... Ooh, I don't know. But have a look. Viewers, what episode are we up to? <laughs> you don't know what you're on about. <laughs> Is it 186 or 187? No, it'll be episode... Oh, it'll be episode 183, 183. So obviously I got that wrong, so it'll be episode 185 <laughs> of Radio Hot Lap. <laughs> I'm glad you got that right. The light-hearted podcast. That light-hearted podcast that takes that a look at... podcast. Hmm? That... That light-hearted podcast. That light-hearted podcast. And we have to be light-hearted. That takes a look at occasionally. Motor racing, cool emerging technologies, gadgets and barbecues. And we've got an absolute bumper show today. Bumper edition. There's so the much. Boy, the boy's own edition of Radio so Hot Lap. That's, that's right. <laughs> it's like the book you can take out into the cubby house oh. edition. <laughs> the old swing with a bit of a... And a sore an axe. 
Well, yeah, Friday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ruining children's lives and but PlayStation right. games. You know, think of tadpoles and billy carts. That's <laughs> yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. But you know, nowadays they go up in the cubby house in the tree and uh, plug their iPod in yeah, and just you, sit there. You were nothing saying to me yesterday that uh, that the children of today are ruined. They are. They got no. I don't know. It's not common sense. They've got plenty of common sense, but they've got no energy to do the mundanities what, of like life. Like make their bed or cook, cook a meal for yeah, themselves. Yeah, cook a meal for themselves. Okay, so they're PLM now. PLM is even check the oil in his mid, car. He's mid-30s <laughs> and his mother's still picking him up from school. He's 18 next month. Like the end she's, of next month, he's 18. She's, but, she's still worried about him picking him up from school. No, she doesn't pick him up from school. He drives himself to school. But that's the problem. She follows him home. No, she doesn't. He drives himself, but he's got no clue about the car. So mum goes and makes sure no, he gets No, mum doesn't do anything. Mum just says, have you checked your oil? And he goes, no. And then I go, Mitch, have you checked your oil? No. Do you think you, maybe you're better? Well, I suppose I probably should. I mean, like, he's only had the car for about seven months and he had it serviced when he first got it and he hasn't looked at it again since. So... You might look underneath there. So, once he worked out that, oh, you actually have to check the oil and look at, look at what's on the dipstick and found that there was very little, actually, on the dipstick left showing, he changed the oil. And? Well, he didn't change the oil, he topped the oil up. And he said, gee, it's funny, the car's running real smooth now, it was getting real rough. Oh, gee, there's a big surprise. But it's just more than oil, isn't it? I mean... Yeah, it's everything. How I come mean, you've got you've got two kids, both with motor racing names, PLM, Petit Le Mans, and Brock? <laughs> yeah. How does that work? But out? see, Brock's all right because Brock's a car freak. He's fine. But he does PLM. Do he does nothing. He doesn't do it. And Brock does all his car stuff. He's sweet. That's all right. Which is the grumpier? Yeah, well, no, he's not too bad. But the PLM factor and the kids, the kids of today, they've got no idea. <laughs> Honestly, I'm telling you. Generation Y and what's coming up? Generation Z is next, is it? XYZ, yeah, Generation Z. Mate, they will be ringing a man up to come in and change a light bulb for them. Because they just got no idea. A man up? Well, you know, you get, oh, I need a bloke to come in and change the light bulb for Look, me. Because I don't know how to do is it that, myself. Is that why they, they've run that, like, that chocolate milk commercial? Like a man up? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's ridiculous, isn't it? It is stupid. Didn't you love how you couldn't get the motor racing on regular free-to-air TV this week, last weekend? Oh, don't get me started. Well, seven, I, mate. Come on. Seven, mate. Here come we on. go again. Same old, same old. They put, uh, not one footy match, two footy matches in Adelaide. And then they put on it on, the same and they had the rootness to put it on at 11 o'clock at night with yeah. the subtitle Premiere. Mm. Yeah. Premiere of what? The race. <laughs> that everybody knew the result of because it had been on all the news bulletins. Even ABC. Six o'clock, yeah. Nah, just, it's just got pathetic. Tr truly pathetic. Tony must be, I don't know. He, he must be getting he, aggro. He can't be angry at all. He's made all that money. Yeah, well, you know, maybe. And so of all the teams, $3.8 million ahead per yep. wreck. Wreck. <laughs> Not W wreck. <laughs> racing entitlement contract. And from what I understand, none of that money has gone to any of the second tier uh, owners like Fujitsu, right? So it's only level one team owners that are making plenty of money out of it. Right. Well, thanks very much for coming. Absolutely. And, and, then left and Stevie Johnson's finally made some money in life. 
because he's <laughs> got paid for the rent. Dad's had to give him the rent because he was yeah. in, they well, lost the rent. I was going to say, Dad, Dad and, didn't and have Charlie, the money to buy the bloody thing Charlie, in the first place, uh, did he? Charlie, cop, was has got the other one in there, so he's made plenty of money too, and he'll be back when he wants to come back. So Probably, the, money for rent. flog it to someone else. Lots of wreck money. Well, talking about seven mate, which we sort of were and we weren't, and you know V8 supercars that we were and we weren't. This bloody big announcement this morning about this new top ten drivers for Bathurst to get a seat. Da 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 da. Um, what do you reckon on that? Ten contestants chase dream Bathurst drive. Well, I reckon there's a few people lying about their ages. Well, I do too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, but one must not mention any of the names specifically. Well, they're all here. Yeah, I know, but of, yeah, of right. who we might be suggesting that might be lying about their age. Well, no, I mean, there's a couple of people there. Definitely know there are some age liars there. Absolutely. And uh, do you get the feeling that maybe they were scraping the barrel a little bit when they when they looked to get ten people? They've probably got about seven and then went, oh, shit, well, you know, run out. Straight out. You know, who I'd, out. you know who I'd give the drive to? David Sarah, because he's... Uh, um, Time and time again, been a brilliant go karter that has just done just done so well. His name's always coming up. Mm. Um, well, I think he, he, cool. you know that that's the that's the guy you give it to. The yeah. rest of them are. Oh, listen, she's like, I don't. Well, what about Ben Small? They rustled up Ben Small because, and he's been teaching snowboarding or something in bloody Colorado. Yeah, but he's but he's, he's the son of Les mm, and, uh, and and James is, know, is the, the engineer at, at, at Kelly Racing. Yeah. I know that. Oh, so he's got contact. But isn't it? didn't he give it all away to become a snowboard instructor and now suddenly oh. he's back? Oh, until that. Until Seven you... Mate went, want some coin? Come and do this. Of course. Yeah, of course. You aren't suggesting in any way, shape or form, JP, that there's been a little bit of <laughs> stuff going on in the background. <laughs> Far be it from me to say, but... Well, don't make me say it. Well, I won't. But... <laughs> The viewers can draw their own conclusions. So maybe they were going, and 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 maybe Rick and Todd came out and said, "Hey, uh, hey, James, guess who could be driving?" He goes, "Your brother Ben." You know, we were just thinking of it over in Colorado. And, you know, we, well, you know, it's, it, we might like to go for a little bit of a ski mid-season, and um, <laughs> we can probably organise a couple of free lift tickets. <laughs> so we thought, "Yeah, scratchy, scratchy." Well, and come and have a go. And of course, you know. If you can uh, sit, if you can stand on a snowboard, you can stand on a water ski. You come up to Mildura with us too. Does that mean Smellon Simonson? Smellon Simonson will be also driving it. Well, see, no, they're driving a the porcelain bus <laughs> all the way up the hill. <laughs> He's done that before. Yeah, on the other side. Sammy Reese there. <laughs> there you go. Oh, you have to have the obligatory female in there. Well, there's a couple of females. In fact, there's more than a couple. Some of which. Perhaps may not be as young as they make out to be. True. Or then again, they might mm. have just got their data wrong. True. Very true. And you know. And I also noticed that that, that the whole thing—they're going to need a manager to run it. And it's 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 Dean Orr, who, as in O double R or O double R or, as opposed to O A R or. Yeah. O double R. Who. After Dick Johnson Racing was Marcus Sikanovic's engineer. That's right. And now he's not. 
<laughs> after he's not from somewhere else as well. Well, there you go. So, which which means that, good or bad, you, you can always get a job. You can. Something. Yep. Something or the other. I don't know. So, do you think it's going to be any good? Do you think it will draw the... I, I, think, I think it's another... If, if Denny's involved in it, um, and good on him because he's a good... Uh, he's a good... Um, He'll drag the punters in, there's no yeah, doubt about it. I think that's great. Absolutely. So, I think um, from that perspective, yes, you're you, right. You have to. You know it's a, it's yeah. a marketing media. Uh, and you know who, who looks after Kelly Racing? <laughs> Uncle Crush! Yeah, I know Uncle Crush. I mean, look at that. That's all right, the speed league. And, who, speed and who, who are the judges on the show? Uh, I don't know. Poor on. Rick and Todd. Oh! <laughs> and, yep. and tonight, Greg Murphy's doing the anchor. <laughs> because Bairdo's away playing German Porsche car. Things. In Germany. 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 It's a Porsche Cup in German. German. German car. There's lots of German cars. You know there's lots of German cars going to be used this weekend because it's the it's the uh, 24 hour of Nürburgring. Nürburgring, yeah. Which uh, I was thinking to myself, there's lots of German manufacturers. There's, there's Audi, BMW, Porsche. Porsche. Yeah, go on. Where's the rest of the Mercedes. Lot? Yeah, Mercedes, yeah. And... Uh, there's another one. I can't think of it. Another one? There's five. Are you sure? Audi. Yeah. BMW. Yeah. Porsche. Mercedes. Mercedes. And the other German. BMW. <laughs> <laughs> There's more German cars than you think. Bugatti. <laughs> yeah. All right. There's no Bugattis. But anyway, uh, it is uh, the uh, Le Mans, uh, Le Mans uh, 24-hour uh, uh, event afterwards. 24. <laughs> after party. The Le Mans after party at Nürburgring. Well, you need a couple of weeks to get the cars sorted out. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, I don't know what's going to happen there. But uh, look, uh, all uh, good luck to them. Uh, good luck to you all viewers on... Uh, on uh, true, true viewers, that is. True, yeah. On, uh, Real viewers. On 7 May. Yep. Uh, uh, what time will Bathurst be starting, the TV coverage? That oh, probably about 12.30 at night. Really? Well, that'll be the night before. On 7 May. Oh, 7 May. Well, because there might be, you know, the footy finals might run an extra week or something and then they're screwed. Oh, that, that could happen, couldn't it? I mean, well, what happened happen well, last year? Yeah, well, there you go. You never know. What would happen, what would happen if there were ash clouds? <laughs> ash clouds at Bathurst. <laughs> You wouldn't be able to see the top of the hill. The Simple. Ash, the ash clouds of Bathurst. <laughs> it's, um, it, it, it's quite worrying. Oh, very worrying. Very worrying. Right. I'll be See, uh, Lounsey got... Uh, Lounsey? Lounsey? Got fined for his burnout He's on not Sunday. Lounzo. <laughs> Lounzo. He can't be Lounsey. He's Lounsey. 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 He can't find 10 grand for his burnout on Sunday. You can't find it. You can't find a 10 grand? <laughs> you guys got any money? Got fine. Where'd it go? He spent all that money fixing that. See, the only person that, allowed to... that he crashed over. That's over right. Him. The, the only, the only person to... allowed to do a burnout is the winner of the race. Them's the rules, but, apparently. But, they, they don't want to be encouraging burnouts because but, it but makes yards. He thought he was the winner. Out of everybody. He thought he was the winner. <laughs> he knew he wasn't he the winner. Really but he thought he was in a safe spot and he wasn't. 
Because there were people setting no, stuff up. No, he, 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 he thought he was the winner. He wins everything, doesn't he? <laughs> he has to. Has to? I mean, Old has to. From a media point of view, you know, like, it's, it's just not right. It's, it, 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 I'm sure folk will have something to say he, about yeah, it. It's not his fault. No. And, um... It was a car. Oh, absolutely. He's got a mind of his own after all them. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I mean, it's like, I'm like going overseas and raising some eyebrows. <laughs> but he wouldn't mind raising two eyebrows, would he? He only raised one large one. <laughs> one singular. <laughs> right the way across. <laughs> it's a bit like over the top of the mountain. Mm. A little bit of a, don't brush the wall. You could get caught up in the... <laughs> Furrows. <laughs> a bit of a sandpit. Yeah, you know, that reminds me that sandpits, they're a bit they're a bit furrowed. Furrowed sandpits. You know, they 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 groom golf course yes. bunkers and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that same with the race There must be something about it. Because I went go-karting the other day with uh, with with Bryce Washington. Yeah. And actually I have to say, I had a great time. I'd never got in a um one C water called Rotax, yeah. uh, and went to this uh, great track out at uh, Monato on yeah. the way towards Murray Bridge. And I said, "Mate, what's going on?" He goes, "What the hell? got the key to <laughs> the track." And he did, and it, it was absolutely brilliant. I'd, I'd never so there were other people there as well, though, even though he had the key. Um, or were you the first ones there, and other people rocked up? Or we were the, the story? first ones there. They right. heard about us. <laughs> <laughs> track cam. <laughs> <laughs> and we're transmitting out through seven, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they saw, you know, oh, Ross Washington. We better get over there. That's right. And, and me. Yeah, oh, oh, it's Hardy. We better leave the place alone. And 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 the other bloke, you know, who's not, who shall remain nameless. Right. Who? Who? Yeah. I might add. Um. After the second session, I, I went out there and I said, "Look, can you can I just get a few pointers because they were six seconds a lap." At least quicker than me. Oh, but you'd never been there. I'd never been there. there. I'd never driven the car. Right, I said, okay. if you can so, get within six yeah. seconds of yeah. the lap, or lap, of the lap record, yeah. then you're doing pretty good. And I ended up being under three seconds of, of the lap record by the end. I, I was pretty happy with myself, considering I had the flu, yeah. and I was wearing an open face helmet with, with a microphone. I was talking suddenly. <laughs> but but uh, so the second lap round, I've gone down to the sort of the back straight and break, and the back stepped out, and then I've sort of let, let the brake off, sort of corrected, and then and then touched the brake again. And the thing went round. Yeah, yeah. I'm off into the off into the bushes. Well, the, he was right behind me. He went bang straight into me. Snapped his whole thyroid end at the front. I said, Oh, gee, sorry about that. And he goes, smell he goes sucker. I said, You got a spare? No. Very down and out. Oh. Well, anyway, we went back to the. Did he carry his arm, did he? No, oh, no he carried his, carried his, his heart on his shirt sleeve. But <laughs> Bryce came out, got the thing, and trundled it back, and we all were hanging around there in the middle of nowhere with our race suits on. <laughs> Everybody's looking <laughs> sad. More decals. <laughs> anyway, so they got it back there, and then, there was, then someone turned up, because again, they'll be watching Seven, mate, um, and from afar, uh, uh, and wirelessly, and um, in the car. And so we um, on the iPad. said, "Look, you haven't, you haven't got to have a, have a spare one of these tyres, you know." And uh, he said, "You know, actually, I, I probably do." And the guy came over and said, "Yeah, might have that." 
Anyway, the unhappy fellow who, who ran into me, Bryce's mate, which I don't remember his name, yeah. um, said, uh, oh, how are we going to get that all aligned up? Oh, uh, uh, lasers, perhaps? Yeah, being flippant. Huh? Like turned up with a set of lasers. <laughs> so that, laser laser wheel alignment. What, what? Well, up the whole thing. Anyway, he goes, ah, mate, way out. He goes, well, obviously it's been way out. This has crashed. Bryce is yours. way out too. They did them all up. And by the end of the afternoon, the guy, who shall remain nameless, who ran into me, yeah. was going, I've never had such a great crash. Because <laughs> his and car was like, and I said, up. And I said, well, mate, I'd like to say, I'm sorry, but you ran into me. <laughs> and he goes, I did. I said, well, it's not my fault. That's right. And he said, I don't care anyway, because these lasers on this new tie rod end, my cart's a weapon. Three seconds off the lap record, wouldn't get in, wouldn't get in on the track with me. I know he was going to be quicker. Any more near me? No. Oh, didn't trust you after that. Not bad ribs. Oh, they're still a little bit sore. Yeah. But uh, yeah, really great. It was a uh, an Arrows AX one E or something like that. One two five cc Rotax. Really, really interesting car to drive, and you'd, you'd be surprised. You can get in it just like that. Uh, two laps, and you, you're on the you're on the money with it. But pushing <laughs> is um, yeah is the hardest thing. Put some proper brand new tyres on later in the day and, uh, and that certainly brought the times down but it made a difference anyway huh. I, I don't know why I was telling you all that because oh, you just sort of I mean, yeah. it off it's, it's, in a tan, tangential way bloody radio hot lap show I know it is it's that show about nothing again <laughs> yeah. so so uh, yeah anyway uh, Nürburgring the 24 hour yeah so, so um, who's un Uncle Al He's there. Uncle Al's there. Yeah. Uncle Al's there this weekend. With um, the Ferrari? In, in, yep, in the, uh, in the SP8 class, which is actually like the big banger class uh, between 4 and 6.2 litres. There's 17 cars that are going to be in that uh, SP8, SP8T. Very hard to sort of under Jim. understand the, the name. So how, how many cars in the field? Sorry to interrupt. I'd imagine uh, it'll be in the order of around about 250. What? Yeah. Far Do out. you know that? Oh, right. I they run off in three. Yeah, I know they run off in like lumps, so to speak. <laughs> 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 I watched it last year. No one ran into anyone. Yeah, it was bloody amazing. Unreal. Bloody amazing. He's getting his, his voice up. So uh, last year, yet uh, Team Farnbusher were um, uh, started forty sixth, fastest oh, right. in the in the first practice, and then the car was crashed uh, with Dominic at the wheel, uh, coming up on a slow car. Um, and then someone stole someone actually uh, one of the fans stole the red fuser which they got <laughs> stole it yeah stole it's like thank you and then a, a security guard <laughs> got them and, and, and gave them back a souvenir yeah he's like here's your diffuser <laughs> that was the end of the situation you like, don't so he diffused the situation correct that's yeah, exactly okay. it and um, uh, <laughs> Jamie Mello is uh, replacing Lee Coon who's on uh, Grand Am duties this weekend um, in uh, the Dempsey Racing GT Mazda over in America. Um, Marco Seafried back there again. So other cars which which fall into that category, JP, which um, are of significance. In fact, last year uh, um, Mel Rose uh, oh, yeah. was there, but he was driving some little pus bucket along with Rick Shaw, in the, who was driving <laughs> the GT4 Aston Martin side talker. But uh, yeah, Melrose is back with with the Commodore, um, and you well, can he had, he's had the Commodore there before, hasn't he? He has, but you can see definitely this year at uh, Tony Orford. I, I imagine that's his son, uh, Anthony Orford, and Damien Flack, who's from uh, uh, Carrera Cup. 
uh, I, I, I run in the car because they've got um, Donut King uh, branding on it. Uh, that, uh, that looks like they should be punching above their weight there, somehow. Somehow. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good solid car. Then you've got the the Golfer uh, running the, the double, I think it's a double engine, damn, the, the GT24 or something. Uh, it's Oh, it's a four-wheel drive car. I, I don't know what, what's happening with this thing, but... There's a few people in it, and um, it looks like it could be, it could be pretty interesting. So, mm. um, so it's like the current R car, Audi RS4, and a Nissan GDR, and, and a Dr. Ulrich Beg, Weg, Schmeg, uh, Ulrich Bez. Oh, uh, Bez, with, yeah. Uh, with, with his um, with his uh, well-known co-drivers, uh, Wolfgang Schwabenhauser. Horst von Schweiz-Hoisnil, will be uh, driving the, the project of the Hoodler, um, uh, uh, Aston Martin, um, hopefully for a result. Is that that red thing? <laughs> I don't know what colour it is. It's ugly. You can't see any of that photo. Yeah, no, you're just speculating it's red. <laughs> but uh, more importantly, there's actually going to be 28 GT3 machines. Only 28? Uh, uh, and, and this is only GT3, which are going to be um, pretty much headed up by, by Manfrey Racing, which have, have been, uh, until last year, very, very successful with the GT3Rs. And um, obviously there's going to be the Audi R8 LMS variants and the uh, no less than nine um, AMG uh, SLS uh, GT3s. I, I tend to think that, that, that these are going to be the cars to win it. I actually think a Mercedes was going to win this. You reckon? I, yeah, I, because I think that if there are nine of these cars, um, yeah. there, Mercedes are going to do everything possible to make sure that uh, you know that uh, that that car it, it, it's gonna gets be, across it, the line. It's, it's too important yeah, for it to well, not win it. Well, um, stranger things have happened, Johnny. Some bimmer. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Some Z force as well. Yeah. Yep. So this yeah. weekend, uh, uh, well, I was hoping that. I'm going to talk to Uncle Al, um, but I think he's in an interview. We'll, we'll just see whether he, he can we can get him a little bit later on. But um, right. in between that, we should perhaps see if we can get the fogelness. Yeah, well, just before you get the fogelness on the phone, talking about Nürburgring, the Norschleife, the production car lap times. Did you realise that a mere, I think, three days ago? Or maybe Smidgen? four days ago? Um, the latest me Renault Megane, the RS variant, but it's not the uh, 250 that we get over here, it's a 655. Is it even a more nastier variant? Yeah, a, a nastier variant. RS Trophy just set a new lap record for a front wheel drive car. Oh, really? Of 8 minutes and 7.97 seconds. Interesting, JP. Set on June the 17th, so it was only. Less than a week a few days ago. ago. Yep, um, which is pretty amazing because uh, if you look at the the time, the the eight oh seven, um, and then look, try and relate it to non exotics. Where's one um, focus? Subaru WRX STI Spec C only went round in eight oh six, so it only went round a second faster. And then some of the more well known four wheel drive variants, such as Lancer Evo. Lancer Evo went round in 8, 11, 16. Um, the original uh, Renault Megane RS <coughs> did it in 8, 16 back in 2008. 
and then there's lots of stuff below it, 824s, 825s for Lancer Evos. A Ford Focus RS, no less, Johnny, in 8.26. Is that a, it's not an RS500? Which was a Ford Focus... No, it's not an RS500. No, it's just a Ford Focus RS. Um, but then, if you do get up the 2010. Why is it? There's, there's been a few things going on, obviously, because... Oh, I've never se
you borrowed my electric razor and said it's the best shave he's ever had. That, yeah, but that was his nuts. I missed that. Do you think I've used it since? He <laughs> <laughs> left, yeah, it, left her at the corner of walk and don't walk. Yeah, no. It was actually a good shaving, folks. Thank you. <laughs> Even though he had to disappear and left me in the middle of a disused shopping centre parking lot. A disused shopping centre parking lot? Yeah, for okay. the rest of the day. And he'd be taken away by Mr. Ryan later on. No, that was all good, folks. I really enjoyed that over there. And yes, we did. Uh, in fact, it's funny you should uh, mention uh, tornadoes because having left... Uh, Indianapolis travelling uh, west uh, with with Tom Waringer, uh, we um, became entangled in a rather large tornado in the middle of Kansas, and uh, boy, I tell you, we felt like we weren't in Kansas anymore. Dorothy, Dorothy, <laughs> thank that you. That was on your big road trip to where was it? To uh, Colorado. To, 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 to Colorado, yeah, um, where I stayed there for a a, a, a nice a week at. Uh, at um, at the ranch, the, the little poor little shack that yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, I saw the photos. Very poor little shack. Yeah, it was where, terrible. Where was it? Brokeback Mountain? <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to say that just as I had a beer in my mouth, wouldn't you? Gone? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> Answer him, Johnny. It wasn't Brokeback Mountain at all. It wasn't like that, wasn't it? Well, you, well, you know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't Brokeback Mountain, but he was Mountain Bats. Or <laughs> well, Pike's Peak. Well, uh, apparently near, near nearby. Uh, let, let's just say, uh, Fogwa, that it was. Uh, it, it's a, a little uh, area called Longmont, which is about ten minutes from Boulder, Colorado, or twenty minutes from um, Golden, Colorado, which is the home of Coors, the uh, the third largest beer uh, in America. The home of the Silver Bullet, and in fact, the world's largest brewery, of which was a little bit unusual having to do a self-paced tour at ten o'clock in the morning. And you know, I, but luckily, I had my camera, which with its 10, 10 second uh, you know delay, allowed uh, allowed me to take a photo of myself and get beer quite early, <laughs> as you not want to do normally. Letting you into a brewery isn't that like letting a fox into a hen house? <laughs> Was there any left when you? No, they only gave out a small, a small bit. But you know, it's funny you should call it Brokeback Mountain because up the road there, I sit and had had lunch, and there in the in the distance were mazes and butts. So very odd. There was what? Mazes and butts. Hmm. So <laughs> yeah. did you come back with a, a few check shirts? Did you? <laughs> yeah. And you want to see the ten gallon hat? <laughs> Golly! <laughs> so what have you been up to since you got back? I've been sick. Not a lot. <laughs> sick. Sick. Been to the doctor. Well, we all know you're sick, but <laughs> you're in a medical condition. Folks is getting him in today. He is. He's on four. Yeah, no, because he's going to his, he's going to a philanthropist club for lunch tomorrow. Of what? Philanthropists. <laughs> you know, people who write that don't write. You know, like procrastinate, writing procrastinators club. <laughs> Folks, please explain. Uh, I think he's talking about the curmudgeon club. Curmudgeon club, right. One of our 
regular meetings uh-huh. on Friday. Mm. Is it something important because it's a regular? Uh, it's just when we could be bothered getting around to it. It's just a bunch of crusty mates of mine. We're all uh, reprobates. Uh, that is that as well, but mainly grumpy old men, and we sit there and have a grouse fest and write all the wrongs of the world because we're all wise and um, you know canal veterans we are. Canals, canal veterans, grumpy canalers. That's yeah. very good. We're all very much grizzled and gnarled veterans, and uh, so we have a long, long, long lunch that often turns into dinner. You can imagine. Yes, I can imagine. I, I will be, um, as I said earlier in the day, coming over tomorrow to then travel up to, to Winton. Unfortunately, you won't be coming along, which I, I ideally uh, would, would love you to be there, but I can understand you don't want to go to that. And I, I know. I, no, well, yeah, I know. I mean, how do I know? And also, but, I mean, you, you never know. You might you might want to come up because it's you know there's there's a can of towers and there'll be very good chefery going on, a <laughs> place to stay. But bloody hell, I'd, I'd, love, I'd love to come to that. I'm trying to think about how I can get out of that tomorrow and, and, and still manage to get my car fixed. No. The, the silver car fixed. You're stuffed. It's, all, it's always a good laugh, and I assure you, Hardy, you'd fit right in. <laughs> well, because he is a grumpy old man now, because he's over 50 now. Well, I thank you very much for the invitation, and uh, next time you do one, let me know a little bit earlier, and I'll, I'll make sure that I make myself available. That'll be good. Well, in the meantime, we'll have our own little version of, you know, you know, the travelling Wilburys and their tribute to Roy Orbison. We'll, we'll just have a little seat, empty chair rocking there in your place. <laughs> so, uh, prior to you joining the show, um, we, we had a little bit of a chat about some of the, some of the, 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 the humorous media activity that has been going on, and we don't mean us about, we're not talking about seven mate. V8 Supercar scheduling, but rather, you know, the, the, the constant tie-in of things that are pretty much all things Crusher Inc. <laughs> Kelly Racing and, and some and unusual drivers with rather exaggerated ages being scheduled to perhaps, you know, like come back from snowboarding activities to have a race on the mountain. Hey, I raised my eyebrow at that one too. <laughs> Your eyebrow. The Shannon Supercar Show. The Shannon Supercar Show. Do they measure the ages in dog ears? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Going by the look of them. Well, you know, it's funny. I spoke to Rob Kirkpatrick today, who's the, the man behind the Shannon's Nationals, to say, Hi, Rob, look, I'm, I'm coming up. You know, can I get a media pass? And he said, Sure, no problems. Bring, bring your media, bring their media man, who, who promptly said, Oh, um, no, sorry. None available. And I said, well, what about a Moet for breakfast? He goes, hmm, yeah, probably could do that. <laughs> so um, I'm not sure what the tie-in there with uh, with what's going on, but it just seems to be... Uh, I mean, Crush has taken over the world again. I mean, he's just going great, isn't he? Is there anyone who doesn't drive for Crusher? Uh, off the top of my head, I can't think. He's, um, <laughs> he's tentacles sort of reach into all sorts of odd places, don't they? <laughs> what do you make of it all, folks? Over to you, it's Fogs' corner. Fogs' soapbox. <laughs> so, what do you think of this yeah, concept? My high horse about what? Oh, anything. Whatever you like. Well, gosh. <laughs> as, unaccustomed as, a, as unaccustomed as I am to speaking, <laughs> off the cuff. Or giving an opinion or anything. <laughs> um, 
mentioned the V8 supercars being on seven, mate. Yes. Yeah. Mate. Well, didn't that work well? Oh, of course. It um, took a big chunk out of the audience on the Sunday compared with the telecast on Saturday. So I think there was a lesson to be learned there, not that I would have thought you'd had to learn, to learn it. I mean, it was obvious that when you switch the VAs onto the secondary, onto one of the secondary digital channels, that the audience is going to take a big drop. So I'm not really sure what the experiment is about or why it was worth doing it, because the result well, was obvious. It's suit seven, of course, because it takes away some of the scheduling dramas they have when they have a clash between AFL football and V8s. But for the V8 supercars, it was just a lose-lose proposition. And um, I believe it's going to be split again. For the uh, Townsville 400, um, which is one of V8's marquee events, so the inevitable is going to happen again and uh, fewer people will be watching just simply because, not really, I don't think because of any lack of access, most people by now would have access to all the digital multi-channels, but just the sheer, you know, weight of momentum of seven, the main network and the critical mass means you're going to get more viewers. So I don't know why V8s have done it. Tony Cochran said that uh, they weren't going to be doing it. It was about a month back when tackled on this. And yet here we've got um, one of the main telecasts, you know, one of the main races from an event being shown all afternoon, admittedly. I mean, if you did watch it, you know, there was plenty to watch. It went, you know, from what, 12.30 till 5 or 5.30 over on the East Coast. So there's plenty to watch, but uh, the overall result really wasn't good enough. You know, um, mm -hmm. I thought that there was also a bit of a list lost opportunity there, considering that uh, V8 supercars and they're in their, their little tech centre where they sort of show the inside of a diff housing and then uh, um, um, one of the, the commentators, uh, uh, Larko, draws yeah. a picture about how the whole damn thing worked, brought to you by Dick Smith. Would have been a perfect opportunity to say, well, uh, why don't you uh, buy a, um, a set-top box? But then again... I suppose if you didn't have a set-top box, you wouldn't have you seen wouldn't him have doing been it anyway. Seen it. Doing it anyway, so it's sort of pointless. But <laughs> it was, I felt, an opportunity for them to be able to talk about um, a little bit more digital TV into the into their houses and, and, and things like that. So, uh, but uh, but quite odd. Still entertaining TV from from there from the weekend. In fact, I thought um, rather a, rather a more interesting round from. Uh, from Darwin than we've, we've usually had. Now, I haven't seen Mark Scaife so animated um, about a restart or, or really anything. And I, does he go a little bit far saying that's the most amount of action I've ever seen on the opening lap or, lap or the finishing lap of anything in his life? A, a bit of hyperbola there. Mm, just a touch. Uh, yeah, or as Tony Cochran would say, hyperbole. <laughs> as he has said in the past but I mean it was a bizarre restart and it was, it was. all over the shop um, in IndyCar racing they'd be up in arms over that mm. uh, and you know they have their fair share of uh, pretty browns cows restarts um, yeah it was amazing to see I don't think it's, it's the worst restart I've ever seen but um, the officiating afterwards and the judicial decisions were certainly among the strangers you know just to basically throw their hands up in the air and just say, oh, well, we can't decide who's to blame, so we'll blame all of you. Yeah. Bang, 25 points off. 
said Lee Holdsworth, <laughs> who, um, you know... Yes, momentum runs he's, out. He's just a victim, but on the other hand, he's a um, very optimistic dive down the middle after getting the, you know, the mother of all toes. It seemed to sort of, well, in the second phase of it all, it sort of set it all off. You know, you go well, back and say, well, it was Wind Cup who started it. But anyway, Lee gets off, Lee Holdsworth gets off scot-free and the rest of them, you know, get pinged 25 points, but it really didn't um, hold poor old Frosty who, um, well, he could <laughs> legitimately say we was wrong. Yeah, yeah. But it, it did show that the teardown of the car and, and finding, you know, a, a, a broken bit here and there and this this wrong whatever, well, he managed to get on pole with it, but, you know, didn't translate, but nonetheless. That, there must have been something in that, you know, $100,000 exercise. <laughs> well, you know, when you mix hard tyres and soft tyres, you're always going to get um, a strange result, but it makes for interesting racing. Mm. And again, it just another example of why the soft tyre, you know, is the tyre that we need, you know, to be the, the standard control tyre in V8 supercars and then go one step further and have a super soft to really mix things up and to use it in qualifying. You know, the, the cars perform so much better with more grip that um, it's clearly obvious that um, the racing is better with it. So um, mixing them is a bit of a head scratcher. You're trying to work out the strategy, although in the end it comes out pretty much, you know, if you save them up right till the end and, you know, go like gangbusters, you've got a good chance of winning. Um, but as we've seen earlier in the season, it, you know, it's good racing. You know, when the cars are on soft tyres, on the soft compound, the so-called sprint tyre, um, for the whole meeting. Um, so hopefully, from next year maybe, at all events, say, except Phillip Island and Bathurst, we need the harder tyres for durability and safety. Uh, we'll switch to that softer compound and, um, fingers crossed, go to a super sticky compound um, to really shake things up and uh, give the cars, you know, mega grip for a very short time. I think you're right, folks. That um, that that having that that super soft tire or super super soft tire is the way to go for qualifying. I mean, when, when they first came out with this soft compound option, um, I think we all quite enjoyed the fact that it was going to mix it up and someone at the back was at the front. But it's made it a scorer's nightmare, and perhaps everybody really isn't you know, quite sure about. Um, really about where everything is at so perhaps if they all just stick to the same tyre for the same race we'll know that the next time when we settle down for a very nice uh, roast pork meal at the historic Carcor Hotel the little <laughs> settlement west of the Blue Mountains established in 1828 we'll be able to be assured that we'll be up for a, uh, a very nice Bathurst race that we'll be able to understand <laughs> yeah well Bathurst is not a good example as I said John you need the heart Yeah, but they could still they could still qualify. No, my point is stability is required, but certainly for qualifying, it would be it, you know it would be excellent to see them you know ripping around Bathurst with as much grip mm. as possible. And then the super sticky for the top ten shootout. I mean, that'd really make things interesting. My point is, folks, is that at least we're all, everyone's on the same page, whereas where they were before. So yes, let's increase the level of grip. Okay, so the drop off and the degradation, you know, and 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 the wear may may drop down. That's actually good. More pit stops, so they're carrying less fuel. Um, you know, if it's the same for everybody, it doesn't really matter whether it's Bathurst or not. Um, 
Well, it's interesting to see who comes to the fore when they do run on the soft rubber. You know, it sort of mm. transforms the car, the cars, uh, and you know, guys who've struggled previously suddenly, you know, come to the front, and vice versa. Um, it sort of seems to, you know, be a, a leveler across the field, and you get people. Um, well, not so much the gears because Shane Van Gisbergen has been, you know. He's been coming for a long time as a potential winner, you know, once Stone Brothers, you know, get that car, when they get it sorted out right, mainly in the races, you know, the gears is competitive, but it enables someone like Jason Bright to, you know, suddenly fire out of the ruck yep. and suddenly be a contender. I mean, he was, after Witten, you know, threatening to be the one to chase down Jamie Wincup, well, almost typically went backwards at, at Darwin. So, hmm. you know, there was the usual inconsistency there but it's you know I mean you can't you can't say that V8 supercar racing this season hasn't been unpredictable I mean Jamie Wincup has been the one to beat but he's certainly not dominating the way he has in the past and that you know has been due to errors and, and upsets but be that as it may it's still um, keeping the competition very close and it looks like we're going to have pretty interesting fight to the finish this year and um, you know at the moment Wincup's got Craig Lowndes breathing down his neck and yeah. Lowndes he normally you know struggles through the early part of the season and comes on gangbusters in the second half and you know has to chase down whoever's leading and you know normally sort of you know fails towards the finish because he hasn't got a fast start but this time he's at least starting very consistently so um, could be a good old war looming particularly when we, when we get to the Enduros between um I think that uh, you know, come this time of the year, you're, you're always seeing that uh, the the rest of the, the season is starting to to manifest in an interesting yeah. fashion. And yeah, you're right, uh, Jamie's uh, certainly got to look after his bum, otherwise uh, there's going to be there's going to be trouble there. But uh, you know, indeed, uh, he does have to be <laughs> guarding his rear end. <laughs> what I was saying, folks, was that. Uh, um, what was I saying? I don't know, Johnny. You started it. Is that uh, you, you? You drove yourself down that cul de sac, mate. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Reverse gear and get the hell out of there. Yeah. <laughs> We're looking forward to. Yes, We're looking mate. Forward to seeing Senna the movie. Yes, absolutely. Well, we're looking Stoney forward to seeing went, you in it. Stoney went to the premiere. And he was telling me how fantastic it was. We actually had the premiere over here um, during the um, Adelaide Fringe Festival. Uh, there was a, a, a movie marathon or whatever of all different new movies that came out, and uh, and Stony uh, Stony had got a Guernsey to go and see it then. And he was actually telling us on the on the show and and talking to me another time about how how good it was. So I'm um, absolutely looking uh, looking forward to it. Everyone's seen it. Except me, and I'm in it. Uh, well, well, I mean, that's why you... my my voice is in. Yes. So we're having a premiere over here in Melbourne on, I believe, July the twentieth before it opens um, nationally on August the eleventh. So I've right. seen a poor copy of it. I haven't seen it in a cinema, so I'm looking forward to seeing what it's like on the big screen. Apparently, the uh, the footage that they've rustled up and stuff is really, really good, and it, it translates very well to the big screen. So. I hope so because, as I said, it was a poor copy that I saw. But um, I'm not raving about it like everyone else seems to be. Um, not that it's not good; it is moving, it's emotional, and um, 
you know, it's a it's a wonderful tribute to Ayrton Senna, but um, one of the problems is it's just so pro Senna to you know the exclusion of everything else that it's really not as balanced as it could be. Um, it makes out Arnold Cross to be you know the absolute villain of the piece. Right. And yeah. That's not quite fair because you know Senna, you know, was you know legendary and. and his legend grew in death, unfortunately, but, you know, he was far from perfect. You know, he was, you know, among many other things, he was incredibly ruthless. And, um, you know, you could almost accuse him of having bullied Alain Prost. Now, Prost is, you know, he's no incident either. No, true. And, um, you know, well, perhaps that will give rise to... As his image may suggest, but... A Prost movie. You know, the, the film is very biased, and, and you know, it, it's a great documentary... Um, it's an extraordinary work of editing, um, you know. But it's no, it's no screen epic because, well, for one thing, you know the ending, you know. So <laughs> yeah, it kind of lacks that sort of drama. But uh, uh, you know, I have some reservations about. It. I'm very proud and I'm, I'm flattered that you know some of my questions, you know, during our well, almost legendary sort of you know stouches in press conferences between. Senna and I have been included, um, but I have some reservations, as I say, and I, I really hope that when I see it, you know, in its proper environment, you know, on the big screen in the, in the right setting, that um, I'll, uh, you know, reappraise my judgment and um, you know join the, the throng who, you know, probably quite rightly say it's you know the greatest motor racing movie, certainly in the last 40 years, you know, I would imagine since Grand Prix, you know, which yep. is still, depending on many people's minds, including mine, you know, the best um, effort that Hollywood's ever oh, had. Oh, absolutely, you know, without a doubt. Motor, the drama of motor racing properly, you know, unlike things like, you know, Le Mans, which was, you know, great for motor racing enthusiasts, but, you know, as a movie was rubbish, there was, you know, virtually no dialogue, and, you True. Know, even, you know, not much more plot and then you get things like Days of Thunder which was a box office smash as it would be with Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman as a brain surgeon <laughs> but it was an insult to racing enthusiasts and then you get to stuff like you know Sylvester Stallone's group drill oh, don't even go there you know <laughs> less said about that the better but so <laughs> Santa is a bit of a mix and you know it seems to have very broad public appeal so um, I'm a little bit out of the loop in terms of, you know, rave reviews, but uh, I hope I changed my mind. Well, folks, I think, um, you know, we might pay out on you a little bit here and there, but, you know, very proud to have you on the show and um, have someone who's uh, had that, um, off, that a very unique experience to have that one-on-one -on -one communication with someone so so talented that I think, you know, the world of motorsport will uh, will always love and, is, and certainly uh, is one of the people that... Uh, well, and moments in, in my life where, you know, I, I cried and didn't sleep very well. So, um, good on you, mate. Thanks for being on the show. Sorry, that's probably the only little bit of nice stuff we'll ever give you, but anyway. <laughs> that doesn't mean you have to go, yeah, folks, by the way.
Well, um, it's funny you should say that okay, because loving over. Let's get on with it. Well, there are there are new uh, industry luminaries luma, l- looming, looming um, luminaries, and that in fact is international poorly, mate, uh, with the Delta Wing project. Mm. Now, now oh. yeah, we we had a little bit of a chat with it a couple of weeks ago, but uh, you've delved into it a little bit more than me. What 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 are your thoughts on that? And uh, is international sort of uh, is he out of his depth, or is he just the right man for the job? Rhino or Ken Bowley, the, the creator of the Rhino, show. Rhino. A very exciting opportunity for, for Paul to be involved uh, as uh, the, the, uh, the, the spin doctor extraordinaire for that exciting project. I, I think it's possibly the most exciting project in motorsport since the uh, gas turbine powered Indy cars back in 1967 and 1968. I mean, it's certainly yeah, it's a big call. radical. Um, whether it works, who knows, but wow, it's going to attract a lot of attention and um, what a masterstroke, you know, IndyCar had the opportunity to adopt the Delta Wing and uh, really move the game forward, they weren't quite brave enough and um, here we go that um, the uh, high, high crop team and Duncan Dayton have, you know, grabbed the project and adapted it to Le Mans and they're taking advantage of the Le Mans' willingness to encourage new technology and they've got the famous, um, you know, 56th entry and they're going to run it in Le Mans, attempt to run it at Le Mans 24 hours next year and see if the this idea of um, radical aerodynamics, which, you know, and, and reduction in weight and, and shifting of the, well, basically shifting of the... Uh, centre of pressure so that, you know, you, you don't need so much weight on the front of the car, it's all the downforce generated at the rear and you only need, you know, half or less horsepower, I think 300 horsepower they're talking about, and presumably it will probably incorporate some sort of hybrid technology in the, in the engine and all that, so, uh, and it looks like a jet fighter on the ground, doesn't it? Oh, so it does, it looks awesome. Stand out. That's why I think, you know, it's exciting, I, I don't know if it's where motor racing wants to go in the future, but it's certainly a step in the right direction. And um, I, for one, as we speak right now, I'm planning to go to Le Mans next year, if only to see that device. Well, I'm sure, um, folks, that uh, you know we uh, will have the right credentials there to be getting the uh, the, the gold treatment, I'd imagine. So um, <laughs> that should be pretty good for once and for all. Paulie will have uh, earned his keep, and it won't be a a ticket over the fence job and a, and a, and a, a stay in a Formula One plastic box in town. <laughs> but I wonder, has uh, Garage Fifty Six uh, been ever implemented before? On a minor scale, nothing like this. Oh, do you recall anything? Uh, not in detail, no. There was a, well, there was a gas turbine at Le Mans in. Uh, was it the late 60s I think that was a 56 as well if I remember correctly well before there was a 56 but yeah there was um, I think around 68 or something wasn't it the Howlett from the UK but before that Rover yes that's um, what I was thinking of yeah the Rover generations of it in the early early Mm. to mid 60s and um, Graham Hill in fact I think drove the second iteration Yes, I think you're right, folks. I know I'm right, Jackie. <laughs> yeah, m- m- moving on. Yeah, I mean, but that's a sort of, you know... Um, that's pretty cool, though. ...developments that motor racing should be um, helping to perfect. And, um, 
67 and then again in 68, you know, turbine-powered cars, you know, damn near won the race, you know, were running away with it until right near the end. Um, probably, you know, turbine, for example, wouldn't have been much good for road racing, but on oval racing, they certainly, you know, with constant speeds was, was the ticket. But, you know, the sheer pace of development that could have been brought to bear would have been fantastic and yeah, well. opened up lots of other opportunities just as, you know, is happening now with diesel engines and, and Audi and Peugeot Le Mans is certainly helping develop, you know, really good performing diesels much more quickly for road cars. Could have done the same for, you know, Wankel rotaries. Well, it, in fact, it's funny, it, so. it's funny you say that, folks, because, um, you know, it, it's worth uh, remembering that 20 years ago, uh, the uh, uh, Recharge uh, Orange and Green Mazda 787B, four-rotor rotary uh, engine car, um, won Le Mans um, whilst it was strong. Um, the others fell by the wayside, and that was a little bit of an, an up. Well, in fact, it was a, quite an upset because there's never been another car which wasn't piston based uh, to to won that you know, with um, Johnny Eber and yeah. uh, and uh, Bertrand the Gasho sprayer <laughs> on off to jail. <laughs> yeah, but the problem was it was pretty much legislated out of the sport after that. Certainly in Formula One, it was you know Formula One some time back just banned any sort of propulsion, you know, other than a conventional reciprocating piston engine. Yeah. Um, you know, Formula One is, you know, the ultimate hothouse I think development and, you know, can you imagine what racing and, you know, and the motor industry indeed would have been like if, you know, 20, 30 years ago, you know, <laughs> you could have seen diesels and, 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 and rotaries and turbines and, you know, steam engines, who knows what, you know, nuclear powered cars or even you know, electric powered vehicles if they were allowed to prosper in Formula One. Sounds uh, like a bit of a, a conspiracy probably theory. Probably wouldn't be in this headlong rush at the moment to try and develop alternative energy power plants to help dig us out of the hole that we're um, finding ourselves in. True. All right, moving on. The world. Moving on, folks, because uh, we've got to keep yeah, on get on. We've got to get on Tech Time Valencia tech time, tech time. Uh, on this weekend, the European Grand Prix. Mate, what are your thoughts of what's going on in Formula One? They're clamping down on the uh, on the use of blown diffusers in a big way. And today, I, I hear that um, they're not going to allow change of engine mapping between qualifying and um, race trim. No, they're pulling that all back. Um, as you said. The engine mapping now has to stay the same between qualifying and racing, which at the moment they've been for some time different, simply because they maximise maximise the engine settings for qualifying and then you know, pull them back a bit to make the engines more durable during the racing. Now they're going to have to run the same setting, engine settings, the same mapping, which comes down to the tuning the the um, standard ECU on all the cars. Um, They'll have to be the same for qualifying and racing, so they'll lose some performance in qualifying. And as you said, the aerodynamics will be radically altered because the FIA has ruled that this, well, it's very technical, but basically the off-throttle, the engines have been configured, so they're still blowing exhaust through the exhaust system, which has a huge bearing on the aerodynamics. And by blowing gases through the exhaust, even off-throttle, they're maintaining downforce through the diffusers. So that's going to be uh, outlawed and I think it'll really hit home once they get to the next race at Silverstone. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see 
where the balance of power shifts to whether Red Bull retains its advantage, its car advantage, or whether it gets a chance for McLaren and uh, certainly Ferrari to bridge the gap. So who knows where, where it's going to end. It could make things even more exciting as we get into the second half of the season. I suspect that Red Bull, and particularly Sebastian Vettel, will retain an edge, even if it's not as great. But as we've seen so far, even though Vettel is dominating, it's actually an interesting domination because um, it's thrown up some really interesting races in between, you know, and none more interesting than Buttons, Jensen Buttons. Absolutely, I thought it was amazing terrific. victory in Canada. That was just an extraordinary great, wasn't it? Really was great. Good to I, see. I think that, you know, having a result like that means that, you know, you, you can fuck up all day. It can, everything can go wrong and you can still get a result, which yeah. is great. Which means it keeps the viewers on the end, and the real viewers, on the end of their seats. Well, you can if there's, you know, any rain about. I mean, that, that's the great... Yeah, it's always a great... ingredient that yeah. spices up any race is when you get, you know, some or more than some rain during the races, and it really, um, well, it just tosses things up in the air and where they land is uh, anybody's guess. So, you know, people laugh, but somehow introduce some sort of artificial wet weather to the races because sprinklers on the corners and you know <laughs> yeah like Bernie's idea every so often it's ridiculous as, as it sounds and you know against the whole <laughs> spirit and notion of real racing but you know it certainly would end up spicing up the racing to an extraordinary degree so maybe one day we'll get there just yep. because it's just it's irresistible you know you just know if you had some way of um, wetting the track um, you really stir things up and uh, it produces some extraordinary results. Yeah, that's good. That must be tech time. Tech time! The I garlic, what that was. The garlic <laughs> fell over. <laughs> tech time. <laughs> Hardy couldn't help himself. He just had to make lots of noise. Thank you, JP, for the introduction. No worries. Uh, Anything happening? Yeah, there? there's a lot happening. JP, do you want to go first? Because I've got lots to talk about, but maybe well, you made yeah, some notes. Okay. No, no, you, off yeah. you go. Well, I'll well, go. Okay, well, over you. Black, Chipmunk, Black MacBooks are on the way, supposedly. The rumours are. Obviously, we've seen the upgrades to MacBook Pros, um, and now the MacBook lineup will follow. Um, now, we've only really had two MacBooks in the last however long, apart from the Airs. Um, so they reckon that uh, they're all up for the Sandy Bridge upgrade to the uh, i5s and uh, i7 processors and they're going to bring a black one back again so uh, I think that'll please a lot of people it'll be uh, supposedly at the high end of the price range of MacBooks so you'll still have the, the white ones for the school children or whatever but uh, people who want a, a snappy 13 inch um, MacBook without going to the expense of a MacBook Pro should be able to get, up, get their hands on a, on a black one so uh, that's pretty, pretty good if it comes out. Uh, Apple's released the latest version of Final Cut Pro or Final, Final Cut, Cut X, X, but uh, it hasn't got uh, it hasn't got too many uh, people um, sort of being um, uh, real fans of it. Because can you believe it or not? I mean, well, hang on a minute. Let's let's put it into context. That before I say that, are people who are doing Final Cut Pro production, yes. video editing, and a serious scale have major investments in all sorts of hard devices and this and that. They can't be expected to suddenly change their entire workflow or, 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 or devices. Yep. You would have thought they would have a little bit more of a soft upgrade, but no, they're not. They're going, nothing works. 
from the old stuff. You cannot import any projects or even the XML um, uh, based project management. Like right, the, yeah, the, the tags that tell it where to edit and all that stuff. Exactly. Um, into the new system. Now, it may come, but but that's, that seems like it's a little bit of a drama. So they're trying to create a, a fresh ecosystem. But isn't that just consistently a bit like Apple, sort of going, hey, you're an old customer, we're not mm. interested in you, yeah. you're the new customer, blah, blah, blah. It just, again... And buy it, it on it the just, App Store. It, 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 it reeks of arrogance and, and, and you know, and, and overnight. Okay, so the price point's good, but I still wonder why. At two, it's $299 to download yep. from the American store, but it's $349 from the Australian store. Well, the last time I looked, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it should be the other way around, and, and that, yeah. that just... That's just reeks. you off because it's just a bit of software. It's not like there's freight and everything involved. Uh, that's right. It's coming off the same friggin' yeah. server. I mean, this is one of the biggest problems that's going on here in Australia. And, and having talked to, to my accountant in the last day or so uh, about, you know, so you know, into the finance year, he's going, I, I have never seen so many, like, small businesses getting into, into big trouble. They're all yeah. starting to fail. I mean, we, we just the cost of living in Australia is far too high. And Paul Ryan, quite rightly, said he, he couldn't afford to live back in Australia in the same way. And I thought, Christ, living in America is it really? It's it, it's not that mm. nice. Yet the last trip over there, sure, the dollar was good. It was kind. Yeah. Anything I saw was going to be cheaper, but it was it was friendlier. I mean, even if you take into the account that the last time I went there it was sixty seven cents as yeah. opposed to dollar seven. A bottle of water was a dollar fifty, as opposed mm. to a dollar. Yeah. A, a, a Coca-Cola the same price. Whereas, what are we doing here? Three, four dollars. Mm. I mean, it's 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 just crazy. And you want to go and buy some booze? Forty-two percent wet tax. Got like Murray Valley sea salt, Murray River sea salt, dearer in Boulder uh, here than it is in Boulder, Boulder, Colorado. Even taking, assuming <coughs> a one. Right. I mean, okay, I'm getting off topic a little bit, but. Yeah. Why are we paying more for all things on the, on the iTunes store? And, um, okay, so Final Cut Pro and Motion and and, um, and Compressor, very, very cool tools. If you were going to buy and go, hey, look, I bought a new camera, I'm a young guy, I want to do video editing, and I don't have a, I, I've got a fresh learning curve, so I don't need to worry about it. Yeah, fine, go for it. Absolutely. So um, that, 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 that's sort of cool. So, yep. That's that's the news, and it appears like like you know Apple are probably going to integrate their Apple TV component in with a Samsung uh, manufactured device pack in order to be able to create a an um, uh, an iTunes video ecosystem yes. within the TV. Uh, even though they were separate devices, the fact they're running now an iOS on the Apple TV, TV there's yeah. no reason why they're small enough to just build it into the TV. Um, and they're gonna. That, that, that's how I think the future of, of, of some 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 video and TV sort of going to be created with the cloud. But but that doesn't uh, that doesn't sort of um, augur very well um, because in the in the last week a major uh, Australian ISP distribute IT was hacked enormously. <laughs> you got a bit on that, have you, mate? Yeah, websites. Well, were hacked down and. Uh, with with no recovery technique, now, now I find that a little bit hard to sort of understand. Not not from the from the ISP's point of view, but I mean, I I have a I have a hard disk on yeah. a computer 
that I have a copy of the working website and generally I will back that up. And even if I didn't, I've still got it there. So if the, if the server goes down, yes. that's a bit hard. I mean, it sounds like 4,800 people were working on a cloud. Well, it was, it was partly cloud and apparently the way that the setup of the, of the web hosting company uh, Distribute IT was, was done was that all of their servers were cross-saving stuff for other servers. So once they were hacked, the whole lot was exposed and once the whole lot went down, there were no backups because what was on server number one would have been backing up server number and, two. And, and, and so nobody they, had were, they were working with a content management system that were running on their servers. Yeah. In order, there was no, it wasn't like an Adobe Dreamweaver or, 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 or raw HTML created on the, on the customer's you know, end computer or laptop that I could carry around. And, and effectively, they, all they were using was a netbook. They, they couldn't have been anything else yeah. because they were using the, the building systems that ran on the servers. And when the servers failed... Yeah. Well, the, the servers hacked. were hacked, and yeah. all of the servers was hacked, were hacked. That's the trouble. I mean, obviously their theory was that if server number one goes down, we've got backups of server number one on server number five and server number six. But when all of the servers go down, there is nothing. But the fact, the fact of the matter was that all the clients were, for all intents and purposes, working in the cloud. Mm. Because they didn't have anything that they were building stored on their local devices. True. Quite true. So anyway, it's interesting. Everything going up into the cloud, as it were, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of, it's a bit of a worry. I mean, I, I would be, I, there's no way that I would put all my pictures that I take on in the, the cloud. camera into the cloud and not have a backup. It just doesn't yeah. make any sense. True. Now, it, it's, it's unlikely. Well, it's unlikely that, like, um, that that North Carolina is going to get bombed and all the servers are going to go down. and You're going to lose everything. But one has to remember that Rome fell also. <laughs> True. Well, John. tell that to the people who were yeah. using that. Um, Those 4,800 people with their yeah. websites. A lot of them were uh, SMEs, you know, like small, medium enterprise. Um, that's that's their, whole, guy, isn't it? their whole livelihood. Yeah, exactly. All their means of communication basically with their clients and the outside world. Well, just the whole world is very vulnerable to, to hacking, so, you know, you could... Oh, it's just going off. You know, all the infrastructure. Yeah. You know, we're nasty enough and clever enough. Exactly. You know, we're increasingly vulnerable to to attacks that can bring down, you know, everything from telecommunications to, you know, essential utilities. Well, the last thing I've got is the HP touchpad with the WebOS, which is due July 1. And Hardy, you reckon it was a debacle getting an iPad 2? Well, apparently HP have done such a spectacular job through their uh, resellers and their, um, uh, and their network of sales that you can't pre-order a damn thing and there's no information as to how you can get even in a queue to buy one of these things. Uh, business customers apparently can pre-order on the HP website, but consumers can't. And all of the resellers, none of them seem to know what the hell's going on. Well, I mean, it's probably not much different so, from, from iPad 2. And in fact, Mark Bryant was speaking to me today about that he's actually gone out and bought a Samsung. Oh, FWBM, hello. Hello, FWBM. How are you? Good, thank you. And um, uh, a, uh, he said, I said yeah. on, a, on a scale of 1 to 10, if you rate the iPad as a 10, I'll give the, uh, uh, the Samsung uh, Galaxy a, a 3. 
A three. Just, nothing works together. It, it, it's pretty. It's just it's bloody awful. Um, <laughs> well, I bet it's but bloody it's, it, you know, it, it it'll do me until iPad three comes out. I said, which I said, well, you won't be able to get your hands on that anyway. Well, that's right. Because you can't get, you can barely get your hands on iPad, iPad two. two. What makes it? Mm. Think is it still need... a problem getting an iPad two here? In oh, Detroit? absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes, I, it is. I walked into a store in Detroit yep. the morning I was leaving to come back to Australia and bought one. Right. Johnny, lack of choice I had was that I wanted, you know, just for something different, I was going to get a white one. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, in the configuration I got, which was, you know, 3G and... Um, 32 or 64? 32 gigabytes. 32, yeah. Um, they had that in black but not in white, and I thought, right. well, who cares? So, you know... Yeah, well, good for remarkably you. Remarkably, at the Apple store in this shopping mall in Troy, Michigan, that I was at, I, literally, I was on my way to the airport, I rushed in, said, I want to buy one. Bing, bang, bomb. Yeah. Bosch. I was off and running and you know, sitting on the plane playing with it. Yeah, oh, no, I, well, I, we've I, still got back orders. States, anyway. I yeah. think you're always going to get a better option to be able to pick something up in the US. And oh, I mean, look, sure. that's, that's handy you got a black one because next time we go to a media event, we, you, you won't pick mine up. <laughs> well, I'm actually very close, actually, with the iPad 2, which, you know, on the surface, there's not a great deal of difference, but actually, when you bore into it a bit, um, it's a significant step forward. I'm all, almost to the point now where with a uh, wireless keyboard, I reckon I could get away with using it as my, as my laptop replacement. Yeah, right. it's, it's just more fluid, isn't it? I think that's probably the... Well, Faster, that's for sure. Well, just things, and easier to just, carry around. It, it, just, it just works. It's just less clunky, only in hindsight. Whereas, you know, just, just things just seem to mesh better. But do you reckon I'll... Will I get away with using it as a laptop replacement? Plenty of people are, folks. I mean, you, you're really only using it for... Um, uh, word processing. Word processing, emails and, and web browsing. And if that's yep. all you're doing, man, and, and, it and does and the I've job. And wireless keyboard. And, yep. that, yeah, and certainly with, with the new uh, OS, iOS 5 coming up where that has got the ability for the keyboard to split, I've had this discussion with people in the last couple of days um, and, and none of them are doing creative application stuff so they're doing writing so they basically need like the, the equivalent of browsing um, email and a word and a, a Microsoft Office suite yeah they don't need to do Photoshop and if they still do if they do there's plenty of little pretty cheap apps that they yes, can get that, that can yeah. do all that there it's really about it's come down to are you prepared to get on a plane and fly to Singapore for a few days of business with just that in your pocket and I think I think the, it, it's pretty much there for me Maybe not because I need Photoshop and Dreamweaver and tools like that, and I can do FTPing and, and file creation. But I, I perhaps the next the next uh, iteration will be fine because we're already getting um, 1080p video out coming from these devices. True. So there's no reason why I couldn't go back to the hotel room, plug my HDMI cable in, and use the iPad screen. Um, uh, to be able to do uh, a video editing or, 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 or image editing. I, I genuinely would like, JP, to be able to have the convenience of something like a Wacom pen on it yeah. instead of it having to be completely capacitive and yeah. using my finger. I, if, if they could solve that yeah. to me, because I've tried some... like um, uh, Stylus. No, I've tried some, some apps that sort of go, right. oh, look, I'm, I'm sort of think tanking. Like yeah. drawing, and I can't make it fine. Well, you can get a stylus I for it. Oh, there is a stylus? Yeah, there's a stylus. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, there's a stylus. Because it's got a big long cable on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was at a capacitive cable. 
Star Wars. No, it's just a point of point and touch. Well, that, yeah, well, that would be cool. So yeah, I think yeah, yeah. something like that, having something the size of a pen in my in, in my in my bag, where I can get down and I can write finally. It doesn't need to read it, but 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 I want I want it to be a good A4 size or over jotting pad. So yeah, talking to clients. And the same for you folks, you know, you could be you'd be walking around, you're talking to someone, yeah, just make notes. They write all this sort of stuff down, or you draw a little diagram. Could be very, very cool. That would be, yeah. I mean, as far as I can tell at the moment, all I need to do is get some sort of word processing app. Yes. Either pages or, um, or a package like Microsoft Office. I presume there's an app for that and put it on my iPad too, and um, I'm up and running. Yep, you'll be fine. Mm, I'm very tempted. I think, well, I think you should take the, pl- take the plunge and see how you go. You know, do it, yeah. do it to uh, you know, like some something local and see how you go. And if you feel comfortable, well then take it OS. Uh, we're good. All right, right boys. Hey, uh, you natter on? Oh, we're nattering off because we've uh, we've actually run over time again. Gee, no, we're not nattering on. Keep going. What's up? <laughs> no, he's saying that he's 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 had a gut fall. He's dropping the clutch. You, you winter on, your heart's content. Oh, you're now. All oh, right. Uh, well, uh, uh, well, do you want to do the closer? Yeah, you mate? can do the closer. Oh, I'm on it. Well, as you should be. Good night, okay, dude. Well, yeah. So it's good night from us and folks. You've just been listening to, or you've just missed Radio Hotland. Good night, everyone. Thank you, folks. Good night, guys. Talk to you soon. Cheers, folks. Have a nice philandering lunch. Be kind to the old girl. Don't flog her across on the Great Western Highway. (laughs) Picking up all those railway sleepers. <laughs> they're all gone. <laughs> yeah, they're all gone. <laughs> Where? Bogues is down. Bogues is made a fortune on that. Bogues and Bogues is Peninsula Bunker. Bunker. Good luck, yours.